Untreated ADHD in pregnancy is linked to greater uh, depressive symptoms and challenges in functioning in your personal and professional lives. So this is a complicated issue. And I think anyone who is pregnant with ADHD should really talk with their doctors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Translator Newsletter. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and I'm here today with Julia Schechter. Julia is the co-director of the Duke Center for Girls and Women with ADHD. Julia, could you please introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about your, your experience with ADHD? Yes. So thank you so much for having me back, Kara. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Julia Schechter, and I am a clinical psychologist and assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Duke University School of Medicine. Uh, I'm a clinician and a researcher, and I am also the co-director of the Duke Center for Girls and Women with ADHD. And the center is focused on promoting evidence-based information about girls and women with ADHD and engaging in outreach with patients and the public and also conducting research. And last thing I will also mention is I am also a parent of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Wonderful. And sorry, I should have called you Dr. Schechter. Um, I feel like we're more on a first-name basis because we used to work together at Duke, but Julia has very much earned her doctorate. Um, so want to make sure that she is referred to as Dr. Schechter. Um, so first, can you remind us what is ADHD? Just give us, you know, the official diagnosis so we can keep that in mind going forward. Yes. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. It is a neurodevelopmental disorder, uh, which is just a fancy way of saying that it is a brain-based condition. And so research has shown that there are differences in the brains of people with ADHD compared to the brains of people without ADHD. It is one of the most common neurodevelopmental conditions. So studies indicate that around 10% of children and adolescents and about 4% of adults in the United States have ADHD. And people with ADHD can experience significant difficulties with inattention. So symptoms like being easily distracted or forgetful or not seeming to listen when people are speaking to them or high levels of hyperactive and impulsive behavior. So things like excessive energy or trouble staying seated when you're supposed to or interrupting others. Uh, and some people have difficulties with both attention and hyperactivity and impulsivity. One point I do want to make here is that inattention and hyperactive and impulsive behavior really do exist on a spectrum. So every person on the planet is going to have, they're going to fall somewhere on this spectrum, right? But ADHD is not just one or even a few of these symptoms. For a diagnosis of ADHD, we really do need to see more of these behaviors happening more of the time in more than one environment. So on the spectrum, people with ADHD are kind of consistently falling at the higher end across many of these symptoms. In addition to receive a diagnosis of ADHD, we really have to see what we call kind of functional impairment. So these symptoms are really messing things up for people in some way. Um, and I want to really stress these points uh, because I think there is this misconception 
that we, you know, we all have a little ADHD. And and while it is true that we all might have times that we have difficulties, you know, paying attention or sitting still, uh, this consistent and pervasive pattern of difficulties that we see with individuals who are living with ADHD is, is different and it really can cause significant problems. Um, and I highlighted a few of these problems last time I was on your podcast, Kara, but I do think they're worth repeating uh, that you know children and adolescents with ADHD can experience difficulties with you know performing academically in school or challenges getting along with peers. Um, and also, you know, they can have anxiety or emotional difficulties. Adults with ADHD experience more problems in their in their relationships, uh, challenges holding down jobs, um, financial hardships. Uh, and I mentioned last time that people with ADHD had even been found uh, more likely to die earlier. Uh, and, and like last time, I, I don't say these things to frighten people, but I, I mentioned these to all kind of underscore that you know ADHD is a is a real brain based condition that that can have a significant impact on people's lives if it's not identified um, and not treated. Thank you so much. That is that is so helpful. And I want to add, if you didn't listen to um, the previous interview I did with Julia um, on girls with ADHD, that came out in March. So please check that out because that has a wealth of information on girls with ADHD. Um, so I think you know when we all think of somebody with ADHD, we all picture a child. So explain to me how can adults have ADHD. And how do you know as an adult if you have ADHD? You know, it seems like we all think of, um, you know, a child having difficulty in school and that being kind of a red flag to to seek an evaluation. But how does an adult know? Great question. Adults can have ADHD too. Uh, historically, ADHD has really been thought of a diagnosis that only occurs in childhood, but studies have consistently shown that adults can also have ADHD. Um, in fact, we really think of ADHD as, as more of a chronic condition and one that impacts people really across their, their lifetime. Uh, studies that have actually looked at the persistence of ADHD beyond childhood have generally found that about 65% or so of kids with ADHD continue to meet diagnostic criteria in adulthood. Interestingly, a recent paper looking at a sample of adults who've been diagnosed during childhood and then followed up by researchers over time showed that about 90% of, of people in the sample continue to experience at least some symptoms in adulthood, if not a full-blown diagnosis. One thing that, that does make it hard to really pin down exactly how many adults have the ADHD that, that persists into um, from childhood is that the way that ADHD shows up for people really changes as their brains continue to develop and their environmental demands change. So most typically we see hyperactive and impulsive symptoms really kind of tone down over time. And we see more of those inattentive symptoms become more obvious as people get older. Uh, we also see the same symptoms look different in adults than they do for kids. So, for example, one of the hyperactive impulsive symptoms uh, is you know, running or climbing in situations that is inappropriate. Uh, and this yeah. behavior can be really <laughs> clear in kids, but we don't often see that in adults. But in adults, what we might see is kind of these, this internal feeling of restlessness rather than actual like running and climbing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you were an adult, also one other thing I'll mention is just if, you know, adults can also be diagnosed with ADHD, even if they didn't have the diagnosis during childhood. So um, how might you know if you are an adult with ADHD? 
things to look for are those persistent challenges with attention and behavior that just don't seem to be explained by other factors. Uh, So for example, if you find yourself making a lot of careless mistakes at your job or having trouble keeping your attention focused uh, during conversations with your friends or being really highly distractible when completing tasks around the house so that a lot of chores go unfinished or bills don't get paid. Um, If you're experiencing things like this and it's really getting in the way um, of your life, then ADHD might be something to explore. Okay, that's that's so helpful knowing what these symptoms are. And I was laughing thinking about an adult like running and climbing when they shouldn't. Like exactly <laughs> a very very socially strange situation. Um, so how does an adult get an ADHD diagnosis? You know, I know you told us last time with if you're worried about your child having ADHD to talk to your pediatrician. So Obviously, we don't see pediatricians. If you're like me, you're bad about even seeing medical professionals at all as an adult. So how do you go about getting a diagnosis if you're concerned about yourself as an adult? Where do you start? I'll start by saying that getting an evaluation for ADHD in adulthood can be tricky for a few different reasons. Um, One reason is that it often does require meeting with a specialist, so like a psychologist or a psychiatrist. However, it is usually best to start by talking to your primary care provider. Um, They may not, they may or may not be able to actually diagnose ADHD, but at least they will hopefully listen to your concerns and then help with ruling out any other reasons like a medical condition that might be contributing to what you're experiencing. Um, And then hopefully they also would be able to help you with navigating next steps if an assessment for ADHD is is warranted. Um, Those next steps usually do include completing rating scales to better understand how the symptoms that you're experiencing differ from what would be expected for, for kind of from the typical population. So remember that idea of all these things are on a spectrum. In addition to um, receive a diagnosis of ADHD in adulthood, um, and actually not just adulthood, anytime, there needs to be some indication that several symptoms were present during childhood. And as you might imagine, this can be really tricky to assess in adults. It can be really hard to remember, right, what we were like as kids. So rating scales might be requested from somebody who did know you as a kid to kind of reflect back and and remember you as a kid and rate you on those scales. Uh, Having collateral information like old report cards can can also be helpful um, if they're available. In addition to those rating scales, an evaluation in adulthood should also include a clinical interview to understand how these symptoms have looked for you over time. We also have to make sure that no other conditions uh, that sometimes kind of mimic ADHD, like anxiety or or PTSD or depression, aren't better uh, explanations for what you're experiencing. Um, I know this sounds like a daunting process, and it really certainly can be. I I think if I were to kind of recommend one place for an adult who's considering pursuing uh, an ADHD evaluation to start, it would be starting just to collect some of their own data on their symptoms. And what I mean is just starting to write down, like, what do they find challenging day to day? Asking for feedback from people who know you well, like partners or friends or, or coworkers, um, and just starting to identify any patterns 
Um, Collecting this information can really be helpful as you make decisions about if and when you're going to pursue an ADHD evaluation and also can help with guiding the discussion with your medical and mental health providers um, when you are going through an evaluation. Okay. That's that's very helpful to know kind of what ADHD looks like in adults and how we can seek help if we are concerned. What does science say about how ADHD can impact parenting? And, you know, this is a big question, so maybe we can just start at the the beginning. So is there any data on adult ADHD and pregnancy and, you know, any changes in hormones that happen and how does that impact ADHD symptoms? This is such an important question that is really growing in its significance, um, in part because there is greater awareness of how ADHD presents in girls and women, which is leading to more females being identified as having ADHD earlier in their lives, which is really important. What this leads to, though, is that more and more women are entering childbearing years with a diagnosis of ADHD and having to make decisions about ADHD treatment and pregnancy. Uh, Another reason why this is really important is that we also know that having ADHD, particularly untreated ADHD, increases the odds of having a teenage pregnancy as well as experiencing unplanned pregnancies in adulthood. So understanding the intersection between ADHD and pregnancy is, is really important. And unfortunately, we don't currently have a lot of data on ADHD um, in pregnancy in guidance uh, for what to do uh, to help support people who are pregnant with ADHD. Uh, What some of our research has shown um, in terms of ADHD medication use in pregnancy is that there may be a small increased risk in specific types of heart defects associated with taking a common ADHD medication, so methylphenidate specifically, However, we also have data indicating that when not treated during pregnancy, ADHD symptoms can be linked to some negative health behaviors. So being less likely to take care of yourself in your pregnancy, not taking your prenatal vitamin or not eating healthy or smoking during pregnancy. Um, And we also have data to indicate that untreated ADHD in pregnancy is linked to greater uh, depressive symptoms and challenges and functioning in your personal and professional lives. So I would say the take-home message here, Kara, is that, first of all, we need more data. And I guess the second thing is that this is a complicated issue. And I think anyone who is pregnant with ADHD should really talk with their doctors about what is going to be their right choice for them while managing their symptoms during pregnancy. You also have to look at, you know, what are the pros and cons here? You know, you imagine, you know, with ADHD to um, driving untreated with ADHD is a lot more dangerous. And, you know, that's not great for the baby if you get into a car accident. So like there's all these, you have to, you can't just say to pregnant women, well, don't take anything because like you have to consider what are the impacts of an untreated condition. And, you know, we obviously think about that with depression during pregnancy as well and um, anxiety and all these different um, mental health conditions. But I think it's important for pregnant mothers to know it's not a clear-cut answer and that the answer may be different based on different women. Absolutely. Um, So how does being a parent with ADHD impact parenting? What are some of the challenges that you might encounter? Yes. So first, I think everyone listening to this podcast knows that parenting can be really hard at times, Um, and adding a parent's own ADHD diagnosis into the mix can make an already 
hard job even harder. Um, so for example, adults with ADHD can have more challenges with organizing and planning and forgetfulness. And so what might this look like as a parent? So it might mean that you have a harder time setting up and following regular daily routines in your home. Uh, might have You might have more trouble planning ahead for transitions and helping your child move from one activity to the next. Uh, remembering and keeping track of all of the items that kids need for school could be difficult. Uh, we also um, know uh, or have seen in, in the literature that mothers and fathers' uh, ADHD symptoms have been linked to just more disorganization and chaos in the household. People with ADHD can also have trouble with distractibility. So if you are trying to respond to your child's behavior consistently, this might be hard to do if your attention is really easily pulled away to another task. Also, people with ADHD have trouble just sustaining their, their focus on things and monitoring their child's behavior. So during early childhood, this might result in more accidental injuries for the child. During adolescence, this might, less monitoring might be associated with kind of more problematic behaviors. So like skipping school or hanging out with uh, deviant peer groups. Um, we also know that individuals with ADHD have a really hard time waiting. They're just more impatient. Um, and uh, we know that the ADHD brain gets bored more easily. It has trouble with delayed reward. And we also know that parenting requires an incredible amount of patience and delayed gratification. Even just thinking about teaching your child a new task, like tying their shoes, right? A parent with ADHD might have a harder time with this, uh, this kind of slower task. And this might lead to more inconsistencies in parenting or, or more permissiveness. We also know that individuals with ADHD can also have challenges with self-regulation. So think of this as this like as that like little voice in your head that says, "Oh, I, I probably shouldn't do this, or I probably should go do that instead." In the context of parenting, this might be my toddler is definitely pushing my buttons right now. I think I need to take a little break for myself. Right? It might be harder for for individuals with ADHD to slow themselves down in that way or inhibit certain behaviors and have that more planful response. Um, so they may be more reactive to their child's behavior or discipline them more than they would like to. I know this sounds like a lot of negative stuff, and I really want to stress that being a parent with ADHD does not make you a bad parent. Um, I think it's just important to acknowledge that having ADHD can make it harder for parents to parent in the way that they want to, right? They might have a harder time being kind of calm and consistent and attentive. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that really helps to highlight, you know, I see a lot of parenting advice out there on social media and so much of it is geared towards what I would call neurotypical parents and neurotypical kids. But, you know, a lot of this parenting advice, it's like, yeah, it would be, it sounds great to be prepared for every situation in this way. And, and, you know, that's not always possible. You know, some people's brains function in different ways and it's harder to be prepared for every situation that might come up as a parent and, and to have the self-regulation skills to stay calm in that moment. So I think it's very important to remember that, you know, these, these strategies aren't going to apply to all parents and it will be a lot harder for some parents. Um, so what strategies can adults with ADHD use to make parenting a little bit easier? Is there anything that parents can do that might help? 
I think the first thing to think about here is is really making sure that you are managing your own ADHD symptoms as best that you can. So that old adage of putting on your own oxygen mask before helping others, I think really applies. So making sure that you're receiving the proper care and support that you need to function, and this might be taking your own ADHD medication or being in your own therapy um, it really, you know, I think it's important for all parents to take care of themselves in general, and this often is not prioritized. But for parents living with ADHD, it may be even more crucial to prioritize themselves to make sure that they're able to make their brains work in the way that they want them to. In addition to kind of evidence-based interventions like, like medicine and therapy, you're just figuring out the tips and strategies that work for you as a parent can be really helpful. So maybe it's setting extra alarms to remind you of important things like picking your kids up from the bus stop on time or like religiously using your calendar to keep track of family events or setting bills to auto pay. Um, really embracing the strategies that work for you can be can be helpful when managing Um, the duties of parenting. Um, Another set of strategies that we know can be helpful when when parenting is an evidence-based approach to treatment called parent management training or behavioral parent management training. And this type of intervention really focuses on using parent attention to get more of the behaviors that you want, right? Really focusing on the positives, um, setting up consistent expectations and rewards and, and using effective punishment strategies. And we know that this can really help with improving the parent-child relationship, increasing parents' sense of competence, um, and also improving kids' compliance, Um, Some of these interventions do have to be implemented by a mental health professional, but there's also some free resources out there um, that I just wanted to highlight. One in particular is um, a program called Triple P, um, and it offers free parenting courses and and some other online resources. And you do not have to be a parent with ADHD to benefit, and your child doesn't have to have ADHD to benefit. These evidence-based skills can, can make uh, parenting easier for, for many people. Yes. And I will say triple P is backed by a lot of great research. So I think that's, that's a great option for parents to use, um, with and without ADHD. I know that we talked about this a little bit in our last interview, ADHD can impact social and emotional functioning of children. Um, so making some social situations like a little bit more difficult and emotional regulation can be difficult might you see some of these same challenges as a parent with ADHD and how can you cope with that as an adult? Yes. So we do often see some challenges with emotional and social um, uh, difficulties in adulthood as well. Um, you know, luckily adults' brains are more, uh, developed than kids. So, uh, you know, we know that regulation is, is usually better in adults than kids. Um, but these difficulties can still persist, um, in terms of, you know, regulating attention and regulating behavior and and regulation of emotions as well. We also know that adults with ADHD are at higher risk for, for mood disorders and anxiety, which can kind of further make, uh, emotional functioning and social functioning more more challenging uh, to cope with these challenges. You know, again, I kind of you want to reiterate adults taking care of themselves. So again, this might be um, medication and therapy. 
They often are both important parts of the treatment puzzle. Again, kind of figuring out some if there are tips and tricks that can really help you with regulating your own emotions, whether that be making sure you're taking time for yourself during the week to just do something for you, um, taking care of your physical health, throw uh, things like diet, exercise, making sure you're getting as much sleep as as, uh, you need. We also hear about kind of this importance of connecting with others and connecting with other parents. So I wanted to, to highlight another organization uh, that that sometimes can help with this connection, and, and it's called CHAD. This is that uh, stands for Children and Adults with ADHD, um, and they have resources for people with ADHD across the lifespan, including some some great parent resources. Um, I think uh, one last key point here too is just to to give yourself some grace. Um, being a parent with ADHD can be so emotional. Um, so making sure that you are, are being kind to yourself. That that's wonderful advice. Um, that's really helpful. Just remembering that, you know, we can give ourselves a little, um, compassion and grace and that it's okay if we, if we as parents struggle with this more than it seems that other parents do. Um, you know, I always advise parents who have more trouble with emotional regulation that it's okay to, Take a minute if you need, you know, you need to calm down before dealing with a situation. There's no reason that you have to, um, you know, jump into a difficult situation with your child right away. Like if you need to take a time out for yourself and calm down, like that is more than okay. And you're actually modeling great skills for your children, you know, showing them it's okay to take a break and calm down and come back to the situation when you're ready. So I know that ADHD has a genetic component. So if you are a parent with ADHD, what are the chances that your child also has ADHD? And what challenges can you expect if you both have ADHD and how do you how do you handle that situation? Yes. ADHD is highly heritable, which means it runs in families. Um so estimates indicate that over half of adults with ADHD have at least one child with the disorder and up to 50% of children with ADHD can have a parent with ADHD. Um, I cannot tell you how often I hear from adults that they first started to consider that they might have ADHD after they completed an evaluation for their child. So they were filling out these forms for their child and they're thinking, huh, this, this sounds a lot like me. Your bottom line, if you have a child with ADHD, the odds are higher that you yourself may have ADHD or at least have some challenges with ADHD-like behaviors. And there certainly can be difficulties when both parent and child have ADHD. Uh, Kids with ADHD just require more care. Um, So there are medication appointments and there's therapy and there's school meetings and there's additional monitoring of of their behavior. Um, And this is hard for, for any parent, but if you add in ADHD into the mix, those things are are just going to be harder to do. Again, I, I know I sound a little bit like a broken record, but but I, parents with ADHD should really make sure that they are able or they are taking care of themselves so that they're able to take care of their kids. One last point I want to make here uh, is that there is some indication that being a parent with ADHD may offer kind of unique insight into what your child with ADHD is experiencing. So it actually can kind of make you maybe more attuned or in sync to what uh, what your child is going through. 
And we also know that having ADHD can be associated with a lot of strengths. So for example, maybe you are a parent who is just better able to keep up with the energy level of your child, or maybe you're um, more creative and can engage in kind of more creative, imaginative play. Um, we, we know that when ADHD is well-managed, people, including parents, um, can really thrive. I, I love that positive spin on it. You know, I think it's, we often just hear such the negative side of, of ADHD or other conditions. And I think it's important to remember, like, there are so many strengths. And especially when, you know, as a parent, if you have ADHD and your child has ADHD, you, you know, I imagine you have a different level of empathy for the challenges your child is experiencing. What interventions are available for adults with ADHD? Should you consider medication or, you know, are there um, types of of, um, non-medical interventions that adults should consider? Yes. If you are an adult with ADHD, there are a couple different um, evidence-based interventions. Um, We do have a lot of data to support taking medication. So particularly stimulant medication, this kind of medicine can be managed by your primary care potentially, um, or you may uh, may choose or may need to see a more psychiatric provider. So like a psychiatrist or a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Adults with ADHD can also benefit from, from therapy. So specifically, we have evidence to support cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's CBT for ADHD. Um, and CBT for ADHD really focuses on skills that adults with ADHD can practice to help themselves really manage their symptoms. So, um, you know, things like how to manage the the pile of mail that that creeps up so frequently or how to make sure that things don't fall off their to-do list, things like that. Um, We also know that there is an absolute connection between thoughts and feelings and, and behaviors, including ADHD behaviors. CBT for ADHD really helps Um, adults kind of recognize that connection between the way that they're thinking and feeling and how this can impact their ADHD symptoms. We also have some evidence supporting mindfulness-based strategies for ADHD. So I know it might sound a little counterintuitive for someone with ADHD to be engaging in mindfulness practice like meditation, uh, but we do have research to show that this can can help with, with managing ADHD symptoms. You know, last thing to mention here is is just continuing to take care of yourself. So as we've talked about today, you know, parenting with ADHD can just be extra hard. Um, in addition to, you know, engaging in these evidence-based treatments, you know, finding your community and your support system that can really help you manage all of these things and, and listen to you when things are hard, that can be a really key part of, uh, of just the, the, the treatment plan for, for individuals too. Okay, that is, that is also helpful to know. Um, it's good to know that um, adults like children also have lots of options um, to consider. Um, so uh, thank you so much for being here. This has been so, I feel like there's just, just been a wealth of knowledge. Can you let us know where to find more information if you are a parent with ADHD or think you might have ADHD? Yes, I am um, a couple a couple of places I'd like to highlight. Um, I mentioned today Chad. Um, that's children and adults with ADHD. Chad is a great resource again uh, for ADHD kind of across the the lifespan. Um, I will also make a plug for our center again. That's the Duke Center for Girls and Women with ADHD 
And you can find us at ADHDgirlsandwomen.org. Um, and we're also all over social media too. Um, we are uh, we have a lot of resources already up, but we are just continually uh, developing resources as well. And we have a particular interest in 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 supporting parents and also uh, trying to to help uh, fill that gap related to uh, to to pregnancy um, and and adults with ADHD. Amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for being on with us, Dr. Schechter. Um, this has just been so informative and I really appreciate it. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Parenting Translator newsletter. Tune in next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.